0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to episode number seven of the Steelers Insider Podcast. I'm one part of this duo, Jeremy Ritz, alongside Jim Wexel, who's covered the Steelers since 1995, and we are bringing you our new episode of the podcast here early Tuesday morning. Uh, it's a little after 5 a.m., and we have a great show. Jim, how you doing today?
1: It's a little after 5 a.m., I think
0: that says it all <laughs> yeah and on top of that uh, as jim was saying before we got on here uh, we had some technical issues with sound and uh, we forgot that we should be on a bye week too um, but luckily we we were able to navigate through them and we're bringing you a great episode today the Steelers pulled out a close victory against the seattle seahawks 23 to 20 in overtime The run defense was a bit suspect, but TJ Watt came through to save the day. Najee Harris continues to carry the team. Ben steady but not perfect, Uh, and now they're on to the bye week, where they get ready for the Cleveland Browns and what could be the pivotal game in the season. Uh, We also have a new terrible three for you today, where I'm going to throw three questions Jim Jim's way that he has no idea what's coming. That's always a lot of fun. But Jim, let's jump into it. Big overtime win for the Steelers. They get to 500. They're three and three on the bye week, and let's start a bit differently this week. We started with the offense in the past, but let's let's hit on that defense because really, um, that's where where this victory came from with the big surge by TJ Watt there at the end. Um, but the defense started out on a tear with a great first half, but then they got gashed by the running game in the third quarter, missed tackles, players out of position. Um, what did you see on the field? in terms of the run defense in the third quarter and why so many big plays allowed uh, to really uh, a running back who was a third stringer.
1: I feel like Pat McAfee talking about Polomalo in the sea gap. What did I see? What did I see? I saw each coach reveal his game plan to the sideline reporter before the second half <laughs> and neither believed each other. Carol said, we're going to run the ball. Tomlin said, They're going to pass the ball, and each of them approached that uh, faithfully. I mean, uh, Tomlin played too deep, and uh, Carroll ran the ball, and the Steelers didn't stop them. Poor tackling. The tackling was atrocious. The game really was unsettling for me. I know there are three and three, but everyone expected that. Um, You know, I expected them to beat Denver and then to beat, Seattle without Russell Wilson. So we expected three and three. So big deal. They they look poor. They look terrible. I thought their defense was gashed. You know, TJ Watt thankfully punched the ball this time. <clears throat> um, you know, I, we could go into specifics. I don't know. I I am let me just say this, you know, I I ripped them pretty good in my column. Uh and and I did uh I did predict the Steelers would win. I called it the play of the year on Twitter. Uh, I called it a lock. So that's it's not one thing that where I would lose a bet and go off on the team. But when I call it the play of the year, I think that maybe there might be someone else that said, okay, Wex, let's see what you got, Mm -hmm. and played the game, and uh, minus five did not happen, and it should have. So there's a little anger about that, and they can't seem to put away backup quarterbacks especially when they're in comfortable situations like second of back-to-back home games, everything is leaning in their direction and they just can't overpower people. They Mm -hmm. can't put games away. That's my biggest problem. The X's and O's. I mean, we saw uh, the Steelers playing too deep to guard against the pass, getting the lid taken off has been a problem the last couple of weeks. So Tomlin was determined that wouldn't happen again and um seattle said we're going to play physical football against these little midget in- inside linebackers and these um one-man defensive lines with outside linebackers all over the place and these cover apparently they're covered safety because they sure don't tackle yeah so uh anyway that's my um 5 a.m <laughs> post rip job explanation of my rip job
0: yeah, and I, I read somewhere that um, Keith Butler was talking about how his primary focus on defense is stopping the run, whereas Tomlin is more concerned about stopping the pass. I did notice that just in terms of personnel, they only had two down linemen on a lot of those plays where um, the Seahawks are breaking off those big runs. But they did make some adjustments, thankfully, just in time. Um, but it shouldn't have been to the tune of 100 yards to, what was his name, Alex Collins. I remember his days with the Ravens. He he had some success there. If it wasn't for TJ, I mean, this team would have been two and four. And, you know, as I watched that game and as I said before the season, I felt like TJ didn't have that signature play where his work actually led to the victory. Um, I felt like this game that happened. Now, uh, it's not as if this game was monumental in its consequence in terms of them getting into the playoffs. But if it wasn't for his Sack fumble, they wouldn't have won. They wouldn't have at least stayed in contention for, um, you know, a playoff berth. But TJ, you know, your assessment of his play, he didn't come on there till the fourth quarter, but he made the play when he needed to. Um, defensive player of the year or too early?
1: Too early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've seen this last two years, and frankly, I don't care anymore who they vote for. It's just if they're not going to vote for TJ in the past. You know how this works. He's gonna get it in a year, he doesn't deserve it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh I mean, punching the guy in the gut, that's pretty ugly. I don't know that you need to, you know, <laughs> is it is he really trying to punch the ball? <laughs> you know, at that moment, you're like, what is up with that? So uh okay, all of that. And uh, I don't know if it's hurting his tackling overall. And he was gashed. They were gashed on the right side in the run game quite a bit. So i don't not going to absolve him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm with you. Great play, great player. Yes, very needed. Cam Hayward got that series off with a four-yard loss. So let's throw Cam in there as well. Yeah. He's relentless. And they're asking him to do things like play nose and – you know they they do that uh, three outside linebackers, uh, which is not have been working, and yeah. it's been gashed as well. Um, you know, Keith Butler stopped the run. Okay, they have no backup nose tackle. They were trying to get away with a a converted nose tackle anyway. And Tyson Alualu was not mm-hmm. born to be a nose tackle, but he's playing it pretty well, like Kimo olaf often did. Right. Now, do you draft a nose tackle? Man, you hate to do a Casey Hampton at this in this era. Nose tackles aren't used that much, but you saw when you're not using one, and Seattle's determined. And Alex Collins, I'm not going to write him off. Every time I see that guy, he kills the Steelers. Yeah, you know he's like Fred Taylor these days. Oh, jeez, with that cutback. Uh, I mean, with that zone, uh, with that inside zone, and he cuts back and he he has daylight, and their inside linebackers just are, are just getting washed out. Yeah, you know, you trade all the way up for Devin Bush when you could have drafted Devin White. That made me raise eyebrows at the time, but all the people that are uh, study the Big Ten just swore that Devin Bush is a baller. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, he might be able to cover, but man, he gets blocked. Yeah, and then he almost ran the wrong way. I, 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 I think. I think Steelers Nation, the fan base, has every right to question that pick right now. Is he hundred percent back? Is that the problem? I, I understand Schilbert getting washed in the run game. But you've got to have somebody. I, I mean, Devin White is that player. Yeah. Uh and you know, he is that ball of knives coming downhill, plugging the run and getting back in coverage. So a little disappointment with Devin Bush there. And you know, Schobert's not playing the run either. And uh, it's probably why they bring Spillane in, in that three outside linebacker package.
0: Yeah.
1: So those are my complaints today. And I'll have more if you have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so do you think these, these issues on defense are correctable? Uh, is it a matter of the coaches being able to shift in and out of personnel groupings? Because it, if there was one criticism I had in um, those big runs that that Seattle was breaking off, is it didn't seem that there was any response from the defense. They kept the same personnel out there. Like I said, two, two down linemen, the, the two deep safeties that kept playing the pass and they just got overpowered. Is it a matter that, you know, over this bye week, being able to recognize, all right, and I'm sure they have mechanisms like this in place, but we have to be able to adjust and shift in and out of, you know, playing the pass or playing the run?
1: Well... I think a lot depends on your inside linebackers have to play the run. You're daring them to run the ball. They don't. All teams don't have that kind of power. You know, Chris Carson, who is injured, is is that kind of Alex Collins type back too. And apparently, their run, their offensive line is made of run blockers because it's sure not made of pass blockers. Yeah. And so you know, there's all of that. Their tight end, you know, Will Disley. I loved him coming out. Nobody blocked like that guy. And yeah. now he's proven that he can catch, so he's a threat. Those are the tight ends you look at. You know, this Eric Ebron's, even Fryermouth needs to gain weight, and he will. I mean, he's going to be Heath Miller. Heath Miller struggled to block, too. Mm-hmm. Fryermouth did make a big block in this game. It was on the perimeter, though, but interior. A guy like Will Disley really helps the Seattle run game. So that kind of tight end. You you know you just can't use Raider just because he's a tight because uh, he can block he has to be some kind of a threat in the pass game. Disley has become that. I don't know if Raider can.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm I'm not saying he can't because he shows me some things. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm just sick of these finesse tight ends. And yeah. um, uh, you know when I want when I said Ebron's got to replace Juju, I didn't mean just on one scissors play at the goal line. And that's a Juju play. More, get him out of there. He makes me sick. I can't stand watching him block. So, there's that. Can they go inside? You know, they're going to have to. I mean those those two interior defensive linemen and those two linebackers have to play the run better. Yeah. And the inside linebackers have to play the run better. Yeah. And the safeties have to tackle. On and on down the line. Now you're getting me worked up. I can.
0: I'm I can tell you. You're, you're fired up a little bit here today. So oh,
1: I, I, I'm sorry, but like I explained in the beginning, I hate to cost people money. I called this the play of the year. Yeah. And they take a 14, nothing lead. And they struggled to get that. And then I thought, Oh, here we go. Now they put this game away. And they didn't. And that's disgusting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, in my prediction too, I, I had a uh, blowout. I was feeling it. I called uh 33, 16. And it, when it was 14, nothing, like, all right, they're going to stack some points here. But, uh, when it started trending, uh, towards those big runs, um, you know, Tom Tomlin's teams are good for the the letdowns. Uh, I'm thankful that it didn't turn out that way. Um, how much would Stefan To it assist in just improving this? Not only the run defense, but just the overall defense?
1: He would absolutely help. I mean, he would help the run defense. You put I me, mean, he's a pillar in there. <laughs> you, you really would like to have a Lulu back, and I'm just wishing and it's not going to happen, but, um, Oh, yeah. We all know, too, it would help. Sure.
0: Yeah. And do you th- is he any closer uh, from what you've heard or saw on the practice field? Just from
1: what I've seen on the practice field, he's in much better condition. And with that knee brace, I'm surprised. How oh. did he lose the weight? Well, however, yeah. but he looks. And it sounded like uh, when Mike Tomlin said, uh, we're going to get some players back. I don't know that you're all excited about Banner. Hey, who knows? He might be, but I think you're more excited about to So I thought that was telling. Yeah. I sure hope he's not talking about Anthony McFarland. Cause that's going to be another process.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, before we jump over to the offensive side of the ball, I just want to give some credit to Trey Norwood who had a nice game. He only played 15 snaps, but he seemed like he was in every third down stop. Um, and I know he's going to grow. He's going to have his downs, but seems like he's improving as a rookie um, and can make some more contributions to this team as the season wears on. Were you impressed with this play, this game? Sure. Yes.
1: Yes, I was, but I, I, you know, I, I wrote a column where I I can't remember too much of it and I haven't reread it. It's kind of a blur. I was just chopping them up. And I said, there was uh, there were only three people that didn't suck and I found something about Norwood that sucked I and mean, and Friar could block better. I threw him on the list because we all want him to get more passes. Uh, I said, uh, Chris Boswell doesn't suck. Friar doesn't suck. And let's throw Norwood on there. Norwood had a good game. You know, he was a poor tackler in preseason and in practice, and he made some big tackles in this game. Yeah. But when number 18 recovered that fumble at the end, why wasn't Trey Norwood laying on top of the guy? He came and he hit him. He just bumped him. You know, why don't you why don't you dive on this guy It's the last seconds of the game? Yeah. So I I think he's a pretty smart guy. So that's one complaint about Trey Norwood. This yeah. you know, that whole play we could we could spend 10 minutes on that hurt. Oh, yeah. But it, it becomes a mute point as Bill Cower used to call it. If his defenders just lie on this guy and you know, it, you don't have to get a penalty. Mm-hmm. Right? just give us one more second. Right. Right. <laughs>
0: Hey, maybe we'll have to add a new segment to the show instead of the the terrible three we do the players who sucked. And players who didn't.
1: <laughs> no, anymore. It's like players who don't suck, because you can't write a 50-inch column. You got to write a 20-inch column. It's just three players that didn't suck today. Yeah. We had three.
0: Well, hopefully they could uh, you know, over this bye week get things together, rebound and improve and shifting gears a bit over to the offense now. Najee Harris continues to be the, the focal point of the offense, and rightly so. Both as a runner and a receiver, he's got tremendous potential for how he can improve throughout the season. Slow going in the running game to start, uh, but not to his fault. I think the offensive line struggled to get a push, and it seems that they wore the defense down as the game went on. And whenever – I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, your boy, the general, went in there late, and it seems like after he went in, the running game picked up a bit. Um, your your assessment of Najee's progress and um, – Does Haig stay at left tackle?
1: I want to see more speed on Najee. I I mean, we all can see what he has. He's a great second effort, great power. Let's see some more speed in the open field a little bit. You know, we don't need to talk about how great Najee is. We see it every week. Uh, But let's see more. I want to see some speed. Um, Great, great touchdown. Great catch. Great route. Uh, the general, you're gonna have to give us a general report because I can't stand watching him. I mean, <laughs> if he's in there, I you know, I he he does well, so you can report on him, but I'm not gonna I watch I watch more, you know, he struggled, he's he's bigger though. There's more potential, there's more explosiveness, and I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh that could be an entire topic itself. What are they gonna do with Banner?
0: Yeah,
1: and, with the injury to Moore doesn't seem to be serious, but it could be, he could need a break. Yeah. He could need a break. That's all I'm saying. You hate to do that because you put banner at right tackle, you put a core for it left tackle. Do you say you're just giving this kid a break? But I mean, that starts working. You keep him there. That's, and then you lose the rookie and maybe that's fine. I mean, this could be part of the process. These first six games for him too. You learn a lot, and you learn what you need to improve upon going into next year, especially physically. Uh, like firemouth I mean, he knows he needs to add weight, and he's yeah. going to. You you'll see you'll see his process, and you'll see him really take off the way Heath Miller did. Mm-hmm. Um. As for the running game, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I don't know what more to say about it. It's okay.
0: Yeah. And I would have to agree with uh, your your assessment on Frayermuth and really a lot of these rookies just physically them being acclimated to the game. I know as I was watching Frayermuth and he was more prominent in the, the receiving game, but he did look smaller. Like I did notice that in, in, in the contest. And you're right now. And, and I was thinking about all these rookies year two. Again, I'm not trying to rush through this season, but I think we're going to see some pretty significant jumps because there's a lot of young guys getting a ton of playing time and experience. And you're right, it is a process. It's just going to take time for them to adapt.
1: Look at Muth, how he gets stopped short of the stick by a yard so often.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: he that won't happen to him with the more he's going to realize that. You know, there's the, they can tell you about it and you can pretend you're in great shape and your strength is all the way up. But when you start to realize, man, I'm not getting that fourth yard on, on on third and four when they passed me for three yards. Tight ends, good George Kittle gets that yard. There's yeah. a lot of power in his game. And we'll see that from Farmouth. We'll see that develop. Uh, guys like Ray-Ray McLeod are a yard short. These guys are all a yard short all the yeah. time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Ray-Ray McLeod, was a bit confused as to why James Washington had an early reception in the game, but then it seems like McLeod became the featured third receiver. Now I'm not sure if that was because of an an injury, if uh Washington reaggravated that hamstring. But I mean, I understand McLeod has a lot of speed and they really don't have that element of speed on that offense. But what was the reasoning behind McLeod getting snaps over Washington?
1: Oh, I think he's gonna replace Juju on that crap inside scissors. I, I you know. It might work someday. Uh, I'm you can all look back and Matt Canada is going through a process too. Mm-hmm. I'm unwilling to give coaches the latitude I give guys like Dan Moore. <laughs> you know, to me, Matt Canada's the general. I, you know, I, I watch it and it makes me sick. And I I can't I watching his press conferences, I can't stand dealing with college coaches because it's too familiar to me the way this is all turning with the media. So mm-hmm. I'm a little raging about the college process. The NFL is becoming college football and these fiefdoms where people like Joe Paterno run the entire city. Mm-hmm. And now it's like coaches are, are above any kind of um, blame. Any, any, everybody's above everything because they don't have to answer anything anymore. There's, no, there's really no access anymore. It's all yeah. staged. So it makes me sick. So you know, today is the bye week, and I didn't do my I rest on all my exercising in the morning. I'm usually in a better mood. <laughs> I thought I would put on my old this is one of my favorite shirts because Dan Rooney saw me at a game and at one time. He goes, Oh Jim, you look nice today. Okay. <laughs> and I never forgot that because Dan Rooney is a hall of favor.
0: Oh man. So
1: I I I'm trying to force a better mood today. And uh, you asked me about Matt Canada and the general and the tackling. And it's just hard. It's just hard. Yeah. It's a way, way McLeod. That's what they're trying to do. He's going to replace Juju. So we got to waste a lot of time watching this guy. I don't see it with this guy. I um, saw some quickness in his first training camp. Great. But this guy's a fumble, big fumble waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'd like to see them pull that Steven Sims kid up from the practice squad who, actually has a lot of experience as a receiver um, uh, from his time with the Washington football team. And as a return man, I don't know if they would pull the trigger on something like that over the bye week but I think he would give a little bit more in the passing game. So it looks like we're, we're stuck with what we have here uh, in the receiving room. So
1: that's an interesting point. I'm glad you brought it up because I don't know anything about that guy. I had heard about him and and I'm glad you brought that up. But the problem with processes and going through it with guys like McLeod, sometimes at the end of the process, you decide, nah, and you've wasted two years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the hopelessness, and they're not going to call anybody up to replace McLeod. Somebody likes him too much; they really believe in he. They're going to give him all the chance he get in this he can get in this process.
0: And, but the My problem- feeling
1: is, at the end, it's going to say, "Nah, we yeah. need someone else."
0: Well, and the problem with the process too is is in that process when you have a third and one and you throw him the ball and he's consistently getting tackled shorter behind the line of scrimmage and he's not converting you know you're losing games so you know <laughs> i and i don't i don't yeah. understand that why ben why would you throw to a guy who's unproven who is prone to fumbling who's not big in stature that's going to physical himself for that yard so that was questionable. And speaking of Ben, he's
1: got the general protecting his blind side. I'm going to do what the coach tells me, and I'm getting rid of this thing.
0: Right, right. It's not just the general; he
1: probably does a better professional job than more at this point. But yeah, Moore has the potential. So,
0: and we'll we'll close out the offense here. Just talking about Ben briefly. He was steady, but uh, you know, you said last week he's got to stop throwing the ball inside linebackers. This time uh, it was safeties. Uh, you know, two two dropped interception interceptions, one on a, um, a bounce Claypool came in. And if it wasn't for him pushing the guy in the back that could have been picked. And then the one directly to, um, you know, the safety for Seattle, your take on Ben's performance. Was it good enough? Do we need to see more?
1: Well, it was good enough. They won. You know, it's like talking about Najee. I mean, we can see what the problems are. Um, and, and so. We go, we move on. I I don't know what else to say about Ben. Yeah, like I keep saying, he's better than Peyton Manning was when Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. So this can be done. Mm-hmm. It needs more help around him. Need more Jamal Adams. You know, for all the all pros this guy has made, I looked him up. Last year he uh, uh had nine and a half sacks, mm-hmm. and I, I'm pretty sure zero interceptions. And that kind of surprised me. I thought this guy was a super safety. And then this year, no interceptions. And then we watched in the game. He dropped two picks. The guy can't catch it all. Yeah, I mean that one that hit him in the in the chest. The, his hands were even late coming up. It was like it hit him in the chest and he tried to catch the rebound. It was it was a total no hands guy. You see, I mean that was Clark Higgins. Remember when Clark Haggins intercepted a pass, and everybody in the locker room after the game couldn't believe it because he drops everything in practice. Some guys just have no hands. Yeah. And so Jamal Adams dropped two easy picks. Yeah. So um, have fun with Jamal Adams because your safety, no matter how hard they hit, they've got to be able to catch.
0: Right. I think the what I'm taking from this conversation is as much as this was a win, it almost felt like a loss because the, the growth that we wanted to see from this team, we really didn't see. And we were left with more questions than we were answers.
1: Well, you know – don't take all of my negativity to heart. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if anybody lost money on my recommendation, that's one. Uh, two. Um, I don't think, I don't think we should be patting them on the back through this bye. you no, know, that's part of the bye week is listening to fans, listening to the media and you, they won, they want, they won two in a row. And I don't think for two weeks they should be getting congratulations after the way they've looked, they yeah. need to play better. And it would be easy to say yes, there is something to be learned out of two wins. Absolutely, but they need the heat on them. They need to know that this was not acceptable. Right. You know, because right. it's it's going to get tougher. Yeah. And we expected three and three after they dropped the one and three. Things started improving. Denver, we we could see was overrated by their stats, and Seattle, we could see was without Russell Wilson. And I will give credit to Geno Smith. He, he was, he was pretty, it was fairly impressive. And, you know, you kind of felt bad for him. You know, he, he fumbled to lose the game, but it's not, that should not define his game.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought, you know, there are a lot of Geno Smith fans around here. Yeah. Because he played at WVU and he was a heart and soul guy there. And he looked like a heart and soul guy the other night. He was, he was impressive. Yeah. A lot of poise.
0: Right. Right. And. Kind of wrapping this thing up, Jim. You know, where from here? Can they beat Cleveland? What can we expect them or expect from them after this bye week? Um, what are are they going to get it together? Are they going to make improvements? Uh, do, can they beat Cleveland? Um, I know the one thing that I'm concerned about is Nick Chubb because he was unstoppable in that playoff game. I know he's injured right now, but the Sealers are going to have to be able to stop the run um, by Cleveland. But where do we go from here?
1: Well, I think you know you got to get better before the Ravens bring up 400 yards rushing on you. Yeah, Um, yeah. Cleveland's beat up. Cleveland's finding out what life is like at the top. Everybody comes after you. Everybody brings their A game. Your games are on Monday night, Sunday night. Your games are in Kansas City. They're featured. You find quarterbacks. You realize that you know you have to have strong 53. They're realizing. The Steelers role for the last 15-20 years. So uh uh, yeah, they can beat them, but uh not if everybody's patting this Steelers team on the back for winning two
0: in a row for the next two weeks. Well, yeah. All right. Well, what better time to transition into the terrible three? Because it has been a uh, bit of a terrible (laughs) Tuesday here. (laughs) They got to get better. You're you're absolutely right. There's a there's a lot of food left on the table. Um, and there's got to be accountability for the players and the coaches here to, to improve. Um, It needs to be a better product from both the offense and the defensive side of the football. Uh, Hopefully we see that. But, Jimmy, you ready for the terrible three? I am, sir. Here we go. What is the biggest depth chart change that needs to happen over the bye week? Oh, man. If there is one. You know, I I would be
1: clamoring for change. And, you know, I'm clamoring for the unchange. Everybody's expecting Banner to come in at right tackle. Chooks to go to left tackle. I looked up our lads is always on top of depth, sharp maneuvers. They, they get the latest. I guess they're in the predicting mode now because they have chooks already at left tackle and banner at right tackle.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I don't know where they're getting that. I haven't seen no, uh, you know, Jerry Dulac is the guy in town for injury updates. He has nothing on his Twitter feed about Dan Moore. So if, if banner goes to right tackle and Chooks goes to left tackle, I wouldn't be against it. Mm-hmm. More, more played a crappy game. You know, uh, Taylor owned him whenever he needed to, I, I thought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, but it's a process for more. We all know that. We know his potential. So right. if they don't make the move, I'm not against that either. So let the coaches decide on that one. But that's the big move that has to be made. What are you going to do with Banner?
0: Right. Okay. So Tomlin, uh in that on that fourth quarter call when they stopped the game to confirm if that was a catch, which was ridiculous. He lost his mind on the sidelines. And I don't know if I've ever seen him go off that way. Uh, but it brought back memories of Bill Cower. Um I was actually at the game with my grandfather when he tucked the picture in the, the referee's uh pocket. Um can we classify this Tomlin outburst as chin-worthy? Was it to that level, or does he still have work to do? <laughs>
1: You know, that's a funny question, and nobody ever can do what the chin did. I mean, that stuff in the photo in the guy's pocket. I don't know if you can touch an official anymore. That might be the chin rule there. There needs to be a Tomlin rule. You know, they need to do something about what he erupted over. You can't call for a replay as real time is so critical as it was. As it turned out, there was one second left. And all the questions I have, why wasn't Trey Norwood lying on the fumble recoverer? Why was Russell Wilson allowed on the field when the guy who stormed the field, uh, who ran on the field earlier in the game, is, was in jail? Why was Russell Wilson allowed to run on the field in his street clothes? Why isn't he in jail? And, and why was the player allowed to spot the ball? What the hell was that? OK, now these questions are all mute, as Bill Cower used to say, as I've already referred. And also, did anyone move on the Seattle line? So there were four big questions, but they're all they're all moot because of this replay. You know, there has to be a window in the rule for the last play of the game for this very reason. And Tomlin's on the rules committee. He should have been screaming like that in the off season, in the meeting room, because this was bound to happen. You know, what do you do if you're stupid enough to have, you know, stupid enough to review that play mm-hmm. review his. you can get that after make sure everything goes off properly in these dying seconds with everyone scrambling around, let it go. And keep a window in your rules open for allowing the previous play to reviewed after the final seconds are played off. Yeah, that yeah. way you can reset properly. You know, a player spotting the ball so your quarterback can spike it with one second left. What the hell was that? Did you see the 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 the, the official touched the ball after Harry Swain spotted it? He just touched it like this is right. Is it right? Was it right? What the hell? What's that? So there are so many things that needed perfect. You know how things have to be so perfect for an offense to get off a snap. And that better have been perfect with one second left. It it appears that a lot of it was right, that they didn't move, that this play did get off with a second left. And Tomlin's outrage is understandable, but it needed, we needed that outrage in the off season. That rule needs fixed. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, that's my take on what Tomlin did. It's no, it's not chin worthy. I don't, I didn't see any spit. I didn't see the referee have to get a towel after
0: <laughs> we'll give him an A for effort. All right. And the last one in the terrible three can this Steelers team still be a legitimate playoff contender with these ugly wins. And Tomlin always says that style points don't matter. But is that true?
1: Oh, he's right about that. I mean, but we in the media don't have to agree, I and mean, we can rage for two weeks. And if nothing else, it it makes his team salty, and you want to use you want to use everybody as a chip on your shoulder when you do get your processes figured out. Oh yeah, I mean anybody can get better. You know, I, I I'm watching the Bobcats learn how to win. They were three and seven last year, and then they lost their uh, uh, scrimmage to Xavier, like five to one or five, nothing. They just get better and teams do get better. And all of a sudden the things you expect, the things that you need to help you win, you start expecting and then they come to you.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, When you're, when you're not, when your processes haven't worked and you haven't gotten better and you expect to win you can just wish and they don't, but you do see winning teams catch fire and who knows, you know, Cleveland's got all kinds of injuries, perhaps. A third win with uh, good football, good tackling. Whatever happened to this team's tackling? I know you have to gear yourselves to pass defense in drafting players now, but don't you have to have one inside linebacker that can come downhill and blow things up? Yeah. So, you know, that's what causes fumbles. <laughs> I was going, from my Polamalu book, I was going through my notes, and um, Bill Cowher said at the beginning of the week, we have to hit harder. That's our game plan. And Ken, he had Kendrell Bell on the team and everybody hit harder and they produced five turnovers. And now all the media was asking after the game, how did you produce five turnovers? Did you work on turnovers in practice? How do you work on turnovers in practice? You hit harder. That's what causes fumbles. Hit harder. You know, Joe Showbert and Devin Bush aren't hitting anybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot to work on here, and the good thing is they have two weeks to do it before a contest on Halloween, a one o'clock game against the Cleveland Browns AFC North battle, really going to be, could be a turning point in the season for the Steelers. They've got to win if they're going to stay in contention, and I think we're going to be taking next week off, um, being that it's Dubai, and then we'll be back following that Browns contest, but as always, we appreciate you joining us here today on the Steelers Insider podcast, and we gave it to you raw today. Uh, so it's a win, but we're, we're a little salty. We, we want to see some improvement. Uh, please check out Jim's work on the Still City Insider and give him a follow on Twitter at Jim Wexel. You can check out my work at distillstudy.com and give me a follow at Still Study. And we appreciate you joining us. Please put your questions um, in the, the post on the, the site. We'll get those on the show. Uh, but we appreciate you listening. Please spread the word to your family and friends. And Jim, I hope you have a great week.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. Take care, buddy.
0: We'll see you.